0: God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Welcome back to the series on Alcoholics Anonymous. Today we're going to dive into Chapter 2, There Is a Solution. And that's the good news, you know, there is a solution. Thank goodness for the people that started this program, you know so grateful for Bill and Dr. Bob and, and the experiences that they went through and and the experiences that they shared with us and for developing this program, you know, and uh, we're just going to go through this text chapter by chapter and, uh, and break it down, you know, and take what we can from it. and, And I'll do my best to explain it. Um, because I believe that the solution is in these books. Like the solution is in the literature. It was laid out for us by the people, like Bill and Bob, and you know, the millions of people that have gotten sober in these recovery programs before us. Um, you know, the foundation of this recovery program is in the literature. Anybody can pick up this literature, and read it, and get a grasp of. You know the. Um, the addiction and the, the nature of addiction and the nature of recovery. And you can work the steps through this book. Obviously, we recommend doing it with a sponsor, somebody that has already gone through the steps. But if you're, you know, in solitary confinement, let's say, um, like I was, I didn't have access to um, outside meetings or a sponsor or anything like that. All I had was literature, you know, all I had was myself, you know, a pen and paper and the books and God. And that's how I worked the steps in the beginning. And, you know, I got a lot out of that. And I'm very grateful for this literature. So I think it's very important that we go through, you know, the first 164 pages of this book and, uh, and break it down. I am skipping Bill's story. Um, it's the story of the founder. We've already kind of touched on it. Um, in the in the brief history video that we did but um, if you're interested in his story it is a great story of, of alcoholism and uh, there's a lot to be learned there as well but I'm trying to get into the meat and potatoes of the solution and and why this program works and what works about it and uh, there's a lot of great lessons in this literature that I would like to touch on here so we're going to start on page 17 and uh it's talking about the, a general overview of the program here. We are people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. We are like the passengers of a great liner the moment after rescue from shipwreck, when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervaded the vessel from steerage to captain's table. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joys. is an escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement which binds us, but that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. And that's it, you know, that's that's how we relate, you know, one alcoholic helping another is without parallel. Um, you know, we can come from all different walks of life and you know from bankers to bank robbers, right? From from drug addicts to freaking you know, lawyers, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, we all share that common trauma of addiction, share that common uh, illness of alcoholism. And, you know, for those of us in recovery, the, the feelings of gratitude, and just like, just like it said, we feel like, you know, the surviving passengers on a tanker that went down. We feel like we've escaped something, you know, by the skin of our teeth. And we're so joyous and and so full of gratitude for the experience. And, uh, you know, so grateful to have this program. It goes into the disease here. An illness of this sort, which we have to come to believe it as an illness, involves those about us in a way no other human sickness can. If a person has cancer, all are sorry for him, and no one is angry or hurt, but not so with the alcoholic illness, for with it there goes annihilation of all things worthwhile in life. It engulfs all whose lives touch the sufferers. It brings misunderstanding, fierce resentment, financial insecurity, disgusted friends and employers, warped lives of blameless children, sad wives, parents, anyone can increase the list. Man, that just uh, that hits home for me. You know, it's such a selfish disease, you know. Um, we drink at all costs. We put alcohol before everything. you know We, we put it before our, our lives, our wives, our jobs. you know, we'll, we'll spend every last dollar we have. Uh, you know, we panhandle for alcohol, we steal alcohol, we, uh, you know, do anything it takes to get and use more, you know, and it's such a selfish disease and like, we're almost oblivious at points to what it's doing to other people, and then at other points, we just don't really care, you know? um we get resentments towards people and it gives us a reason to drink, you know. And sometimes we're just like looking for a reason to drink, you know. Uh, we'll, we'll make up fights so we can go drink. Like I remember making up lies so that uh, people would feel sorry for me and like I would have a reason to be loaded. Um, it just warps our minds and warps our lives and, you know, takes us down paths that we never would imagine going down, you know? It took me to places of of depravity that like, I just never saw for myself, you know? All because of alcoholism and there's, it's a progressive illness, you know? It didn't start that way, um, but it ended that way, you know? It just got worse and worse over time and, you know, I slowly lost things, you know? It wasn't overnight, it was like, couldn't hold a job, couldn't hold relationships, you know? vehicles money all that stuff you know just slowly slipped through my fingers and the worse things got the more i wanted to drink you know and like the cost on my family was huge you know the most obvious was losing my daughter um you know and that was as a direct result of drinking too much you know i couldn't uh I couldn't go to supervised visitations because I was uh, inebriated. You know, they kicked me out of there once or twice. Uh, you know, I was harassing my daughter's mom because I was drunk, beating up her boyfriends, like just being a total jackass, you know? and That's just how alcohol affected me. And the more my life deteriorated the more my alcoholism increased. But you know, there is a solution, right? But the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. And that's how this program works, you know. It's one alcoholic helping another. You can go into, like, counseling rooms and, uh, you know, psychiatrists, right, or family members. But if they don't understand what it's like to be an alcoholic, it's hard to relate to them, you know. And so that's why it's so powerful for one alcoholic to help another is when we see somebody that has survived that shipwreck, right? That has gone through the darkness and the demoralization and the hopelessness and like that bitter alcoholism and has made it out and is sober and is in recovery, like... And if that's something that we want and we're searching for and we see somebody else that has done it, it's very powerful for us. It's like the only way for us to recover, really, is one alcoholic helping another. Because we need to be able to relate to somebody. In order to be honest with ourselves and like be honest with our past, we need somebody there that understands what it's like. And, you know, there's a lot of freedom that we find in that, right? It feels good that, you know, we're not alone, right? That we're not in this alone, that we're not the only person that is struggling or has struggled with this. And it's vitally important for us to see somebody that has made it out of that darkness. Because, you know, when you're ready, you're ready, you know, and you're ready to take certain steps and you're willing to do whatever it takes. Like, I'm just not going to drink ever again. You know, I've made that decision, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get to that point where my life is so solid and, uh, and like, my recovery is so strong that you can never take me out. And a big part of that is surrendering, right? Surrendering to the fact that I'm an alcoholic and then surrendering, you know, to this program and, like, that second step coming to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity and coming to believe that this program can work for me because i see other alcoholics recovering through this program and uh you know it takes hitting that bottom you know it takes coming to a point in your life where like you have to want to get sober for yourself you're not going to be able to get sober for other people um, as as much as you want to you know i wish i could have gotten sober for my daughter you know i wish i could have gotten sober for her mom i wish i could have gotten sober for my mom you know um but it wasn't until i wanted to get sober for myself that anything changed and you know, a lot of us have to be stripped all the way down to, you know, come to terms and like come to surrender to a higher power and, uh, to be totally ready, you know, and all the frothy emotional appeals that it talks about, like losing jobs, losing relationships, losing money. It just doesn't suffice. You know, we have to want it within our spirit, um, And be willing to do whatever it takes. And it goes into that here. How many times have people said to us, I can take it or leave it alone. Why can't he? Why don't you drink like a gentleman or quit? That fellow can't handle his liquor. Why don't you try beer and wine? Lay off the hard stuff. His willpower must be weak. He could stop if he wanted to. She's such a sweet girl. I should think he'd stop for her sake. The doctor told him that if he ever drank again it would kill him but there he is all lit up again you know and that's the thing is like it's hard for people to understand alcoholism if they're not an alcoholic right like our body processes alcohol differently you know we just talked about that in the doctor's opinion we have an allergy to alcohol uh, when we drink it, you know, we developed a phenomenon of craving and, you know, we just want more, you know, and it just affects me differently. And it's a progressive illness, you know, and people that are normal or can drink normally look at us like, what is wrong with these people? Like, why can't he just control his alcohol? Like, He has so much going for him if he could just stop drinking, right? Like... He's dying. Doesn't he understand that? Like, you're blowing it, dude. You're losing everything. Like, you can't see your daughter anymore. You can't drive a truck anymore. You can't, you know, like, the repercussions are blatantly obvious in your life that that you need to stop drinking. Like, why can't you stop? Why can't you see what you're doing, right? And that, those are real feelings. You know, I remember my parents having those feelings with me, and, like, my dad getting violent, and, like, don't you see what you're doing, you know, to yourself, and to our family, and, like, you know, and and at that point, I just didn't care, you know, and I was just, like, you know what, screw you guys, you know, if you don't understand, and he did understand, that's the thing, is, is my dad did understand, because he was an addict, but it doesn't mean that he wasn't like, pissed off about what I was doing, you know, and I'm sure he had his own things that he was going through at the time, too, and probably some guilt and shame in in the fact that I turned out the way I did, too, you know, Um, so I don't have any judgment for that, but what I do know is that it's hard for people to understand why we do things and, like, why we can't just stop, and uh, that's why it's important for us to relate to each other because we understand i know what it feels like right i know what that powerlessness feels like i know what being completely controlled by alcohol feels like you know i know what that bitter hopeless demoralization feels like you know i know what that addiction to alcohol feels like i know what withdrawals feel like i know what it feels like to lose everything you know i know what it feels like to have nothing and nobody to turn to to have burned every bridge in my life and you know just have surface level relationships and like i'm not saying people didn't care about me because they did but what i'm saying is i had hurt so many people that nobody had a lot of faith in me, you know, and, uh but I had faith in myself, you know, and God had faith in me, and I had faith that this program works, you know, because I had seen other people do it, and I had heard the stories of other alcoholics that had recovered, you know, and, uh and I knew that there was a way out, but, you know, not, not all of us are, are that kind of alcoholic, right? There's different kinds of drinkers. And uh, it goes on to talk about the moderate, the hard, and the real alcoholic. So we'll just go into that because I think it it's important to make that distinguishment. Moderate drinkers have little trouble in giving up liquor entirely if they have good reason for it. They can take it or leave it alone. Then that, that's like a normal person, right? Somebody that can... Have a couple beers at the game and like and go home, no big deal. He can, you know, drink at a family event and like, I'm just gonna have two beers so I can drive later. And he sticks to that. Then we have a certain type of hard drinker, he may have the habit badly enough to gradually impair him physically and mentally, it may cause him to die a few years before his time. If a sufficiently strong reason, ill health, falling in love, change of environment, or the warning of a doctor becomes operative, this man can also stop or moderate, although he may find it difficult and troublesome and may even need medical attention. So I think a lot of us, even real alcoholics, are first problem drinkers, right? And if we could have seen that at the time and like, nip this issue in the bud before it became such an issue then you know we could have avoided a lot of problems there um i know people like this i have people like this in my family that you know i have a cousin that drinks hard you know when he drinks and and it's not all the time but when he when he starts to drink that boy can drink you know and he turns into a completely different person and you know just goes hard and spends a ton of money and like has a great time. He's a great time to be around, like fun to party with, but two completely different people from his day to day, you know, operations and the person that he is sober to when he's, you know, three or four drinks in, it's like literally two different people. It's incredible. The change that happens. And, uh, But he sees that, right? And like he sees the repercussions of the alcohol and he's able to stop. And when he stops, he's able to regain control and go back to his daily operations and and everything goes back to normal. Mm -hmm. But I am not that way. I am the real alcoholic. But what about the real alcoholic? He may start off as a moderate drinker, He may or may not become a continuous hard drinker, but at some stage of his drinking career, he begins to lose all control and his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. Here is the fellow who has been puzzling you, especially in his lack of control. He does absurd, incredible, tragic things while drinking. He is a real Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He is seldom mildly intoxicated. He is always more or less insanely drunk. His disposition while drinking resembles his normal nature, but little. He may be one of the finest fellows in the world. You let him drink for a day, and he frequently becomes disgustingly and even dangerously antisocial. He has a positive genius for getting tight at exactly the wrong moment, particularly when some important decision must be made or engagement kept. He is often perfectly sensible and well-balanced concerning everything except liquor. But in that respect, he is incredibly dishonest and selfish. He possesses special abilities, skills, and aptitudes and has a promising career ahead of him. He uses his gifts to build up a bright outlook for his family and himself, and then he pulls the structure down on his head by a senseless series of sprees. He is the fellow who goes to bed so intoxicated... He ought to sleep around the clock, yet early next day. He searches madly for the bottle he misplaced the night before. If he can afford it, he may have liquor concealed all over his house. So, that's me, you know. I, you know, I have every advantage in life, um, white male, California, United States, like, reasonably intelligent, reasonably educated, reasonably, you know, good-looking, well-spoken, like, have a promising life, you know, and uh, could have done whatever I wanted to do with myself and just could not control my alcoholism, you know? And, like, was I'm able to get good jobs and like build good relationships and put myself in a position to win. And then I destroy it all with alcoholism. Right. I can get, I can get everything I want in life, but I can't stay sober. And if I can't stay sober, I can't have anything worth meaning in my life. And I did that for years, you know, since I was a young man, um, And a lot of that, like, ability to get jobs and, like, get standing in positions and relationships, like, a lot of it was just a lie, you know? I was an actor. Um, I was a chameleon. You know, I was able to be who you wanted me to be, you know, or be who you thought I should be, right? Or even who I thought I should be. Um, I could portray that. And that's because I didn't know who I was. You know? So if I don't know who I am, I can, I'm can i free to be whoever I want to be. You know? And I could rub elbows with people that had money and, uh, you know, play golf. And Whitney Oaks, like, you know, an established, like, well-grown community. Or, you know, I could freaking push cocaine and, and rob banks, you know, and get along with the guys that are doing that. Um, and enjoy it and like really be believable in those roles because I can be whoever I want to be because I don't know who I am. But not knowing who you are, you know, is a problem within itself. And uh, it's like you, you don't know which direction you want to go in life. And, uh, you know, you're. I was reaching for, like, what I thought a man should be, or, like, what, what the expectations of a man are that I saw in the media. And, you know, the media is, is feeding me idols that are, like, macho men and, like, you know, gangsters and outlaws and commandos and all this type of stuff. So, you know... I try to portray those types of um, qualities in my own self, in my own life, and you know, I didn't find myself until I got sober, and it's still a process. Like I'm still developing and like solidifying my character on a daily basis, you know. And I have found who I am through my relationship with God, and I found God, you know. I've I've cultivated the relationship that I have with God through this program. And that's where we're trying to get to, right? is like trying to get to the point where we're we've ch- we've changed so much inside and like completely flipped our personality from the alcoholic to a man of faith and like have a complete psychic change, right? And like just spiritually awaken and unfold our heart and our spirit to, we're completely different people, you know, and I was able to find myself through this program. And that's, you know, an incredibly powerful part about it. Um, So why does he behave like this, going back to that real alcoholic? If hundreds of experiences have shown him that one drink means another debacle... With all its attendant suffering and humiliation, why does he take that one drink? Why can't he stay on the water wagon? What has become of the common sense and willpower that he sometimes displays with respect to other matters? Perhaps there will never be a full answer to these questions. Opinions vary considerably as to why the alcoholic reacts differently from normal people. We are not sure why. Once at a certain point is reached, little can be done for him. We cannot answer the riddle. and i think it's that powerlessness, you know. Once uh once we go past the line and like are are addicted to alcohol and uh we reach that point where like we're using daily and uh you know it becomes a vicious cycle where we're we're our lives are in turmoil because we drink, but we drink because our lives are in turmoil. Right? Uh, We get to a point of powerlessness where we're powerless against that first drink. And uh, man, even when I wanted to be sober and was like desperate to be sober, I could not stop drinking, you know? Like with all the repercussions in the world staring at me in the face and like all the good reasons to be sober, I couldn't stop, you know? And even if I did stop for a little bit, like I would, pick it right back up again at the first offense because I didn't have the tools and the capabilities to deal with life on life's terms. So at some point on the journey, alcohol became the solution to the way that I felt. So whenever I went through anything, I would reach for alcohol to change the way that I felt. So any type of negative situation in my life, I was drinking, you know. Um, a lot of that was relationships and, and uh, turmoil at work. Whatever, whatever was going on, I was going to drink over it. And in the good times too, right? We celebrate with alcohol and we, you know, medicate with alcohol. And that's what my life was. And, and when I, you know, was a full-blown alcoholic, I was completely powerless. I could not stop drinking on my own. We know that while the alcoholic keeps away from the drink, as he may do for months or years, he reacts much like other men. We are equally positive that once he takes any alcohol, whatever, into his system, something happens, both in the bodily and mental sense, which makes it virtually impossible for him to stop. The experience of any alcoholic will abundantly confirm this. And that's it, you know, that's... That's what we talk about in the doctor's opinion, too, is is that reaction alcoholic. Once we start, we just can't stop. And more about that on this page. The fact that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so called willpower becomes practically non existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation. Of even a week or month ago, we are without defense against the first drink, and that is why, like being connected to the program, is so important because things will get better for you once you stop drinking. Like you'll, you'll be able to hold a job. You know, you might get your license back, your car back. Uh, you'll begin to rebuild relationships that you had lost. Um, things will start to go back to normal. And like, we almost get amnesia. Like, we forget how bad it was out there, you know? We forget how it felt when we first got sober. Like, that emptiness and that demoralization that we come into these rooms with or that we go to the hospital with, rehabs, right? Like, once we get a little bit of sobriety, like, we feel okay, you know, and, like, we forget what it was like, and we get this crazy idea that we can drink again with some success, you know, and we just can't, and that's, like, the great obsession of every alcoholic is that we can drink like our fellows, and we just have to come to terms that we cannot drink like normal people, right, and really the trick is to work these steps and to gain peace and serenity in our lives to the point where we don't need to drink. Like, I'm totally cool in my own skin today. I have no desire to use. I have, you know, my life is so incredibly blessed, and, like, there's nothing nothing alcohol can give me that's going to make anything better, right? Like, I've learned how to live life on life's terms, and deal with hard situations without having to drink over it. Because I know where it takes me. And part of knowing where it takes me is staying connected to these programs, and Alcoholics Anonymous, because we go in there and we hear newcomers share their story, or we hear people chair meetings and like talk about their history, and we're like, oh man, I remember what that felt like and I never want to feel like that again. And, you know, when we work with newcomers in sobriety and and sponsor people through these steps, we get to relive those experiences and help somebody else overcome alcoholism and uh, we never want to go back. And and through helping people, we help ourselves, you know. Um, We get just as much out of helping a newcomer through step work as the newcomer gets through doing the steps. There is a solution. Almost none of us liked self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others. And we had to come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. When therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us to pick up, but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven and we have been rocketed into fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. And that's the frickin' crazy truth is like once you take that leap of faith and like really buy into this program and surrender your life to God and like practice these daily spiritual principles in your life and like cultivate a relationship with your higher power and have a spiritual experience as a result of working these steps, like your whole life is going to change you know you're going to awaken that light is going to come on inside of you you're going to get some peace and serenity and like you just never want to let it go you know and the beautiful thing about it is like you can continue to progress on that journey right you can continue to unfold spiritually and continue to awaken like that's a never ending process until you're like Christ you know And that's a ways down the road for a lot of us, right? Um, So, and the more I seek out God and like the more I cultivate this relationship with a higher power, the better my life gets and like the more I just want to do that, right? And I've been rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence. That's, you know, living a life beyond my wildest dreams. And part of that is because I never imagined being here. Like you can't imagine the places that sobriety is going to take you. Just like you couldn't have imagined you know, that hopeless place that alcoholism takes you to, you could never imagine the beauty and the peace and like the purpose that recovery can take you as well. Like The relationships and the meaning that I have in my life today is all as a direct result of recovery from alcoholism and drugs. The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had a deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. That's it, man. God does for us what we cannot do for ourselves, you know? You got to reach out to that higher power and, and ask Him to come into your life, you know? And ask Him for that guidance and like ask Him to show you the way to live clean and sober. And then be obedient to the direction, right? And, and when you have that, psychic change when you have that paradigm shift in your mind it's like a light bulb comes on you know and your whole life begins to change and it starts with that perspective change right like when you change your perspective about the things that you've gone through and you learn about yourself through working these steps and like what got you to those decisions that you made and you know what brought on those defects of character and all the things, you know, all all the things we learn in the four step and our inventory and, and, uh, and taking ownership of those relationships, man, your whole life will change, you know, and you'll have gratitude for the things that you've been through and you'll have that perspective shift. And, you know, I don't, you know, I don't have regrets for the things that I've been through today. I have regrets for the things that I've done to people. But all of those traumatic experiences that I went through shaped me into the man that I am today. And I have found purpose through the pain that I went through. And for that, I'm grateful, you know. And I, like, it goes back to that gratitude of, like, feeling like you're you're the survivor of a ship that sank, right? Like, I'm just so grateful to be alive, right? To, like, have this cognitive ability still and to have my health, right? And to, you know, have relationships and and to have a relationship with my higher power and to just have some peace and serenity today that I didn't have before, you know? And I got all that through working these steps. I got all that through this program. I got all that through... God, God did for me what I could not do for myself, right? He put me in position and, and allowed the healing to take place within me. He showed me the direction and it's a two way street, you know, like I have to have that faith that it'll work out and I have to have the faith and a power greater than myself that I can be restored to sanity. Right. And then try to align my will with God's will and trust the process, and trust this program, and do the next right thing. Control the controllables, right? Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Like, you're not just going to sit back on your butt cheeks and, and, like, get sobriety through osmosis. Like, there's work to do in this program, and it's it's simple, but it's not easy, right? It's hard to look at yourself, right? It just says that. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which this process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others. It's easy. It's easy to, you know, just turn a blind eye and just continue to, like, or just be ignorant to the things that we've done in our past, you know. It's easy to stuff our pride. Um, It's easy to stuff our emotions, you know, and just continue to live the way that we're living and, like, blame others and hold on to those resentments. And, uh, you know, maybe you're right about some of those things that people have done to you. You know, and maybe you're right about the way that you feel about certain things and and places and institutions, but if you can put all that to the side and and trust in God and and trust this program and, and work these steps to the best of your ability, you're gonna find a freedom in your life that is worth more than anything that a life of addiction can give you. The temporary relief that alcoholism gives us can't even begin to hold a candle to the peace and serenity that this program of recovery gives us and i wouldn't trade it for anything and all all the hardship that we endure through working these steps also can't hold a candle to the hardship that we endure in our active alcoholism right choco willing says if you do things that are hard your life will be easy if you do things that are easy, your life will be hard, right? If you wake up and have discipline in your life and, and work this program and cultivate a relationship with your higher power, and you do these steps and you're honest, open-minded, and willing, you know, and you change the habits of your daily life, you wake up early, you pray and meditate, you know, you have gratitude for everything, you know, you do the next right thing in your life. You're exercising, you're eating right, you're cultivating good relationships, you're cutting out negative relationships, you're paying attention to the media that you're putting into your mind, right? You're, you're paying attention to what you're reading, to what you're listening to, you know, and, and you're staying connected to this program, going to meetings, you know, you're working the steps, you have a sponsor, you have a home group, you're of service to these meetings, you're helping the newcomer, you're staying late, you're going there early, you're making coffee, you're getting out of your comfort zone, you're sharing at meetings, right? You're opening up to people. Like if you're doing those difficult things in your life, your life will become easy, right? Because we build things worth meaning in sobriety. We build a life worth having. And you can only do that by doing the the so-called hard things in our day-to-day life, right? By living a disciplined life, by doing all the things I just discussed where if you live an easy life where you're just waking up whenever you want, you're just scrolling aimlessly through social media all day, you're eating whatever you want, you know, you're drinking sugary drinks and like listening to gangster rap and watching you know, crap on TV all day, not exercising, you know, you have toxic relationships, Uh, your life is going to be hard, right? When you're lazy and like you don't care, your life is going to be difficult. You're going to struggle in your health. You're going to struggle in your mental health. You're not going to have spiritual fitness. You're not going to be connected to a higher power. You're not going to, you know thrive in this world if you take the easy route. If you are as seriously alcoholic as we were, we believe there is no middle-of-the-road solution. We were in a position where life was becoming impossible. And if we had passed into the region from which there is no return through human aid, but we had two alternative alternatives, One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other, to accept spiritual help. That's it, you know, like, there's no middle-of-the-road solution. Like, as alcoholics, we tend to be the type of people that are, like, all in, right? And I know that I'm that way. Like, when I'm doing something, I'm doing it. You know, and when I was an alcoholic, I was the real alcoholic. And when I'm in recovery, you know, I have to be all into recovery because I've tried having one foot in, one foot out. I've tried trading alcohol for marijuana and other drugs. I've tried doing it by myself, I've tried not doing all the steps, you know. Like, there's no middle-of-the-road solution. And we're not saying that this is the only solution, but if you want what we have and are willing to do whatever it takes to, to get there, like, you're you're ready to take certain steps, right? And, like, you're willing to do what is suggested in this program. and And if not, like, you're probably going to have a miserable life or you're going to die. You know that's that's the cold truth about this disease, is that we go on to the bitter ends, right? Jails, institutions, and death, um, or you're just gonna have a miserable existence. You know, some of us can like drink and and still hold jobs, but like, are you really living up to the man that or woman that you want to be? Like, are you are you living up to your own expectations as a person? Are you do you have the quality of life that you should have or that you deserve probably not you know and if you're the real alcoholic like I can't have anything you know I can't I can't hold anything together and I can't stay out of jail that's where it takes me and the bitter end is death right this this disease will take your life you'll get all kinds of physical repercussions from alcoholism You'll get wet brain, and you'll freaking die, man. That's the truth, is, is that you'll die. And it'll it's a miserable death, you know? like I don't know if you've ever seen somebody die from alcoholism, but it is not pretty, and you do not want that for yourself, especially when you know that there's a way out, and you know that this program works. And, you know, if you get some sobriety and, like, get a taste of this life, and you go back out, and you got a belly full of alcohol and a head full of AA, it sucks, dude. It ruins the party because you know there's a way out of the of the way that you feel and you know that there is a solution and you're just not willing to do whatever it takes to get it and to keep it. And that's what, you know, a big part of it is like doing whatever it takes, right? We in our turn sought the same escape with all the desperation of drowning men. What seemed at first a flimsy reed has proven to be loving and powerful hand of God. A new life has been given us, or if you prefer, a design for living that really works. Dude, I was so desperate for change, you know. I was so desperate to stop living the way that I was living. Like something had to change. And, you know, if nothing changes, nothing changes, right? And I was I was desperate for some peace and serenity within my life. I didn't even care, you know, the outcomes. I didn't have expectations of like getting a bunch of stuff back and like having a glorious life. I didn't care about any of that. I just needed to be okay in my own skin. Like, I was freaking miserable, dude. And I couldn't go on living that way. I needed to die or get sober. And we sought that escape with all the desperation of drowning men. Like, I don't know if you've ever drowned or, like, been in a body of water and, like, you can't get air. All you're thinking about is getting air, you know, nothing else. You're not thinking about bills. You're not thinking about any interpersonal relationship problems. You're not thinking about anything else, but getting to the surface of that water and getting some freaking air. And that's how we need to approach recovery it's like, be willing to do whatever it takes to get some freaking air, right? Be willing to do whatever it takes to get and stay sober. Because your life is on the line. That's the truth. Is that if you don't get sober, you're going to die. That's where it takes us. So you need to fight with everything you have. Like with the desperation of a drowning man. And just be solely focused on recovery. Like Get all the external stuff out of the way. And focus on recovery. Do it for one year right? Like put everything you have into this program for one year, give it all of your attention, all of your, all of your power, all of your purpose, and see where it takes you. And if you don't like where you're at one year, you can always go back to drinking, right? That alcohol ain't going nowhere. But the truth is, when you have a spiritual experience as a result of working these steps, and like you gain some of that peace and serenity, you just never want to give it away. You never want to get rid of it. Actually, you do want to give it away. You want to give it to other people, but you never want to give it away from yourself, right? But the only way we can keep it is by giving it to others, and that's how this program works. The distinguished American psychologist William James in his book Varieties of a Religious Experience indicates a multitude of ways which men have discovered God. We have no desire to convince anyone that their is only one way by which faith can be acquired. If what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living Creator with whom we may form a relationship upon a simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. Those having religious affiliations will find here nothing disturbing to their beliefs or ceremonies. There is no friction among us over such matters. We think it no concern of ours what religious bodies our members identify themselves with as individuals. This should be an entirely personal affair which each one decides for himself in the light of past associations or his present choice. Not all of us join religious bodies, but most of us favor such memberships. And that's the beauty of this program, you know, is like, we're not, uh, we're not religiously backed. You know, we're just trying to lead people to that spiritual experience. We're trying to lead you to a relationship with a higher power because that's how this program works. Like, it works by God doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. You know, we end up with a God-sized hole inside of our spirit that we try to fill with alcohol. And only God can fill that hole. And, you know, we don't care how you find God. You know, we just want you to find some peace in your life. And we want you to find healing. And that healing comes from a higher power. So, you know, if you're out there and you're new just have an open mind, you know, about a higher power. I didn't come from a religious background. Um, I wasn't raised in a church, you know. Um, I was skeptical of religion, uh, res- skeptical of any, like, power structures. And But I knew, like, you take a, a good walk through nature and, you know, you see the things around you on this earth and it's so incredibly perfect, right? And this the symbiosis of everything and just, it's obviously creative in its design and it's obviously intelligent and perfect. And if one thing goes out of balance, like the whole thing could collapse, you know? And uh, it's pretty ignorant to say that there's no intelligent or creative design behind it. So it was it's pretty ignorant to deny a higher power Of some sort in the universe, you know. For me, the more that I have sought out a higher power in my life, and and studied different religions, and uh, studied spirituality over the years, all roads have led me to Jesus. But that's just my story. Um, And like like we say in in AA, like we don't uh, we don't care how you get there. We just want you to get there. We just want you to find some healing. And uh, that starts with having a relationship with a higher power. And you just got to open your heart and open your mind and ask Him to come to you, you know. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. And uh, I have found in my life that God has been there always. That He never left me. Even through my darkest times, you know, the good and the bad, He was always with me. I was never shamed for the things that I've done. You know, I'm forgiven, you know. And, uh, you know, God's like, what sin? You know, you're just here learning. You're forgiven. All the guilt and shame you have is a personal feeling, right? And we can change our perspective on that and move forward with a clean slate in sobriety by living in amends to our past, by walking righteously today and being of service and you know turning the ship around and, and turning our pain into purpose and helping other people to find a higher power and to find some recovery through these programs. So you know, I'm, I'm a living miracle and, and living proof that this program works and, and you can do it to, you can do it too, you know And we just do it one day at a time. you know, don't think of the big picture. You know, just take it one day at a time and do the next right thing today, even just in the moment, like whatever, whatever it takes, you know, whatever it takes to get and stay sober. And, uh, you know, we just don't use today. We don't think about the future. We're just not going to use today and, uh, do it one day at a time together with God. Thank you. Victorious we became, but never forgot where we came from. Life or death, not a game, we came to change the lane. Recovery addicts, that's the name. Give yourself a break, just one day at a time. You were born to shine, so live and let love be forever. My sister, my brother, don't give in. Please remember, the lie is dead. We do recover. Welcome home.